Hey, time for you to reach your full potential. Getting into health and fitness, this is what you're missing. Going hard, I push you to the limit. Go on a journey with genetics coach Laura Phillips. Yeah, yeah, here to take you to the next level. Been in the health and fitness industry since 07. Working with so many athletes. Push it to the limit with world champions, yeah, and some Paralympians. Hey, working from Brisbane to Singapore. We train, we going hard. All out, we keep it raw. Laura Phillips, let's go. In this week's episode of Real Talk, I make things really, really simple for you because I know when it comes to moving the needle on your health and well-being, it can be a minefield of navigating where to start, what to work on, how much bandwidth do you even have in the first place to do things such as meal prep, how many steps are you getting, is that even an area worth focusing on? I mean, there's no shortage of room for improvement for all of us, and I know that can only contribute to overwhelm, feelings of procrastination, wanting to get things perfect, and fearing failure. And that's just perfectly human and natural. So I wanted to give you three tangible goals that every single person can have in common when it comes to working on your health and fitness. These three goals work for everyone, okay? 99% of the population will benefit from addressing these three areas of their health. I want to make it simple. I wanted to make this episode super tangible. I wanted to make it really, really doable because we all know that success breeds success. So my whole intention of this was to give you something really, really actionable that's going to leave you feeling like you can keep putting one foot in front of the next. I hope this helps you get from A to B. And if it does, we'll leave us some love in the comment section. I always want to talk about what you want to hear about. So do leave us your suggestions in the comments and connect with us on the social media handles provided. I hope you enjoy and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Health and well-being. Okay, now we're live on all platforms, which is great. We need that. When it comes to making change to your health and fitness, a lot of people get in their own way because they make things so much more complicated than necessary. It's like, should I start with the gym? Should I start with my nutrition? Should I start seeing a hypnotherapist? Should I get more mobile first? Whatever should I do? Because there's so many different directions you can take. There's so many different ways you can approach this. There's no real right or wrong way as such. It's just about getting started. And getting started is the hardest part. So once you get started, then the next hardest part is to keep going, of course. I really wanted to touch on how we can simplify that to make it a whole lot more doable, simpler, and reduce the barrier to entry. Because again, that's where people don't actually go anywhere. (laughs) This is where people get stuck. In their own minds, they think it has to be a huge, grandiose program where every single meal is prepared or thought about. Every single workout has to be two hours long. You have to do 10,000 steps every single day. Otherwise, what was the point of getting out of bed that day? It's just not the case. It doesn't have to be that complicated. It doesn't have to be that detailed. It can be. And over time, sure, we can refine things, though it's not necessary in the beginning. In the beginning, you just need to begin. Like, that's the key word. You need to begin, okay? You're not going to get better at anything by not starting. 
And that should go without saying, but you would maybe be surprised of how many adults are out there just not starting things. They know that they would benefit from starting because they're afraid of failure, because they're afraid that they're not going to actually make progress, because they're afraid they're going to do things the wrong way or that their family won't accept them if they put their health and well-being first. And they're valid fears when it comes to logic, but when it comes to the bigger picture, when it comes to actually moving the needle on these things, those fears don't make sense because they just become another hurdle, another barrier to entry. And we have enough excuses as it is to not do things. There's enough reasons to not start something as it is. Let's not add to that. You know what I'm saying? With that said, I wanted to touch on the three places I usually begin with people. I usually start with, let me just turn the fan off because it's going to be buzzing in my background and I hate that. All right, that's better. So where I usually begin with my clients, I want a nutrition goal, I want a fitness goal, and I want a mindset headspace goal. That's it. Three. And you don't have to work on all three at once. Often I will start with two of the three, get really good at those two, and then incorporate the third one. Where I like to start with nutrition for most people, because most people come to me wanting to lose weight, wanting to get stronger, wanting to put on muscles, see more muscle definition. You know, when they wear a strapless dress, they don't want to see fat bulging out of the top. They don't want to see back fat. They want to see definition in their shoulders. They want to lift their arm up and not have like a bingo wing. We would call them bingo wings back home. Uh, or, you know, bat, bat wings. They don't want to see bingo, bingo wings, bingo arms, back fat. You know what I'm saying. They don't want to see that. And they want to feel, you know, confident in their own skin. They want to have a perky peach. You know, they don't want their bottom to be saggy and dragging along the floor. So with that said, if your goal is to lose weight, if your goal is to build muscle, if your goal is to get stronger, if your goal is to see more definition, this goal is going to work for everyone who falls into one, if not more of those categories. And so that goal, and you would have heard me talk about it several times now. If you're new here, hi, welcome. I'm a big advocate for protein. Yeah, not necessarily protein powder, just protein itself in your diet, which of course you can get from many sources. Not limited to, but including um, meat is going to be an obvious one, seafood, eggs, um, the more vegan, vegan. I think I was trying to say vegetarian and vegan at the same time. That's nifty. Vegan and vegetarian options are going to be uh, tempeh, tofu. Um, we have some in legumes. We have a little bit in dairy as well. But they're going to be the main sources. And then, of course, you have things like protein powder. That's where I like to begin with most people. Now, in terms of how much to get, that depends a little bit on the person. Though the same metric stands the test of time, which is 1.5 grams of kilogram per what you weigh every single day, irrespective of whether you train or not. Because you need this to build new muscle, you need this to keep muscle, you need this for strong, healthy bones, you need this to keep your meta. Um, I was going to say metabolism. I think I've been in Singapore too long. I'm taking on the local accent. You need this to keep your metabolism nice and high as well because as a composition the more of you that is muscle typically speaking the higher your metabolic rate is going to be because muscle is so metabolically demanding it goes further down the digestive tract before it gets broken up 
and thus it's a really great way to keep your metabolism and your metabolic rate um, at a higher rate rather than a lower weight. So how do you do that? You need to build muscle. You want to improve your muscle mass. So if, let's say, you're currently, if you stand on those in-body scanners and you've got 30 kilograms of muscle and you weigh 70 kilograms, well, cool, let's try and get to 35 kilograms of muscle and then 40. That is super, super, super critical, especially as we age, because we know that sarcopenia starts to kick in. So we're naturally going to lose um, testosterone. And with that often comes a decrease in muscle mass as we get older. You can mitigate that. Again, go to the gym, lift heavy shit, progressive overload that heavy shit, and combine that with sufficient protein. Now, the thing is, most people are not getting anywhere near enough protein. They're barely getting one gram per kilogram of what they weigh every single day, let alone 1.5. That's where I start with my clients when it comes to nutrition in most instances, because again, for most people's goals, this is going to tick a lot of boxes. It's, again, going to help you to build that muscle, keep that muscle, increase your metabolic rate, recover, which is super important, and get leaner. Because, again, if more of you as a composition is muscle, then the harder your body has to work to keep that muscle. Muscle is not, look, it's not so easy to build. People think that they're going to go to the gym once and look like a bodybuilder. I wish, I mean, I mean, I kind of do and I kind of don't. I like working for things. But it's just not so straightforward. It's not so simple. So when it comes to the first goal, one goal related to nutrition, with my clients, we're going to start with protein intake. And again, that could look like 20 grams over three meals and two, one to two snacks at 10 grams per snack. That works well more often than not with females, especially females who are somewhere between 60 and 70 kilograms, because that's 90 90 grams right there just from protein so i mean look 100 grams of chicken breast is 30.9 grams of protein that's easy you're a third of the way there if you weigh 60 kilograms okay so using that equation again being 1.5 grams per kilo of what you weigh as a 60 kilogram female if we use that as an example that looks like 90 grams of actual protein every single day so again i like to break that up into three portions of 20 to 25 grams of protein for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then one to two snacks just depending on lifestyle, depending on hunger levels, depending on how busy a person is, whether they feasibly have the time to prepare that. Uh, A lot of things have to come into play. Some people's digestion works better with fewer meals. Some people do better with high meal frequency. That's a very individualized thing. So one to two snacks a day with each snack being at least 10 grams of protein. That's my go-to guide there. Any questions about that, leave it in the comment section. Uh, If you're on Instagram too, just drop it in the comments below so I can make sure I get on top of that. That is goal number one. One goal related to nutrition and for me, always protein 1.5 grams per kilo is going to help most people reach most of their goals. So We like to do the things that are going to move the needle the most with the least amount of effort because, of course, when you start to see change, you start to feel successful, success breeds success, and then you have a tendency to want to continue. For most people, adding food rather than taking, and especially if we're adding protein, we're increasing satiety, that's a great starting point because people get fearful when it comes to nutrition that, oh, I'm going to have to cut out this, I'm going to have to cut out that. I'm going to have to stop eating the foods I like and drink less with my friends on weekends. 
whilst all that can be helpful, chances are if you increase how much protein you take in, you're not going to have the the desire to eat or drink any of that. You're not going to have the hunger or appetite to eat or drink that because you're just so full. I mean, protein is so incredibly satiating. Uh, that's what we love about it. So we're going on to the second goal now. So the second goal being more movement and fitness related. And what I like to work on with people, look, this can come in a number of ways. I'm going to stick to the common ways that I use this. And for some people, it's going to be step count, especially if you work at an office, you're sedentary, you are from 8 a.m., if not earlier, until 5, 6, 7 p.m. on calls. You are basically locked in your cubicle and don't have the opportunity to move around a lot because you're just tied up on the phone all the time or, you know, you've got your hands tied to the keyboard replying to emails. I like to see people's step count increase. And where I usually start is with a 20% increase on their current normal and consistent number. As an example, if a person who works in an office fits the description I just mentioned is getting, let's say, 3,000 steps a day. And do you know what? That's actually not uncommon. It doesn't sound like a lot of steps. It's not a lot of steps. Most people overestimate how active they are and they underestimate how much they eat. So in saying that, unless you're walking to the train station and you're walking from the train station to work, and unless you're walking out at lunchtime to get some sunshine, maybe not today if you're in Singapore, and to get their steps up, chances are you're probably not even hitting 3,000, 4,000 steps a day. I'm going to quickly check how many I'm up to. I have been for a few, oh, not bad, 4,600, okay. Not bad, but that's more than usual. I had to go down to the store and come back twice. Um, I forgot my ID, so... 20% 20% increase what your normal intake is for me is usually a good starting point. So if someone is typically getting 3,000 steps, I'm going to try and get it to 3,600. Consistently, chances are they exceed that. Chances are they'll get to 4,000, maybe 4,200. And then we have that become the new norm. And then again, we try and increase by another 20, usually 20 to 30% from that number. So when we get to 4,200, then another 20% on that is going to be closer to 5,000. And then we're halfway to 10. So really gradual bit by bit by bit. I like to give people small, tangible, bite-sized bits that they can work with. Okay, so knowing that I want you to get 1.5 grams of protein per kilo of what you weigh a day, it's it's a feasible, tangible number to work with. Knowing that I want someone to try and hit 4,000 steps if they're getting 3,000 or 5,000 if they're getting 4,000, it's easy. Getting movement throughout the day is going to be so important when it comes to your circulatory health, with your respiratory health. And of course, when people travel a lot, they increase their risk of deep vein thrombosis, DVT, which is where we have kind of blood accumulate in the blood vessels where your circulation um, really starts to slow you down because you're stuck in the same spot and the blood can't flow and circulate throughout the body as it usually would. Now, if you fit into that category, this is hugely, hugely important because we don't want that. You don't want to have parts of you amputated because blood got stuck at your ankle and couldn't return to your heart. So movement throughout the day is where I usually begin when it comes to the first fitness goal that I set with people. 
And of course, we can set other performance goals too. We might set the goal of back squatting their body weight, which is a great place for a lot of people to work towards. That might be a 12-month goal. It might be a 24-month goal. Though initially, I just want people to be on their feet more often and get into the habit of being on their feet more often. You know, how many of us take the elevator or stand still in the escalator when you don't have to? If you took those opportunities and added them up over the course of a day, a week, a year, that amounts to kilometers worth of steps that you're getting. And think about the increase benefits your heart gets from that. Just by standing, you increase your your um, beats per minute, your heart rate is what I'm trying to say, by 10 to 20 beats per minute. And the heart is a muscle. It needs to be worked. It's not going to continue to work well and efficiently if you don't use it. That should just go without saying. So increasing your time spent on your feet. If you can't get more steps in throughout the day, which some people, again, cannot, just depending on lifestyle, that can be really, really challenging, then I want people to spend more time standing than sitting. And what I like about the Apple Watch is that it tells you that it tells you how many hours you spend standing. And I'm sure a lot of the other wearable devices, the smartwatches will do that too. I'm just not so familiar with them. So um, currently I have been standing for five hours today. So it's 10 a.m. I've been on my feet since five. That to me is great. I am, you know, obviously elevating my heart rate. I'm using my arms more as I speak. I might be somewhat Italian because I tend to do this a lot. Maybe there's some heritage there. Um, Again, putting more demand on the heart and the muscles when you have that chance to is going to help you age so much more gracefully. It's going to keep your bones and muscles and connective tissue stronger for longer. And you're not going to be so fragile as you get to the age of 40 and you get to the age of 50 and you get to the age of 60. People start acting prematurely fragile. I mean, they start using handrails on stairs when they don't need to. My poor mother has me slap her hand off the handrail every time she reaches for it because you just you don't need it if you have leg muscles you don't need to use your arms to pull you upstairs that's just ridiculous that makes no sense to me if your muscles are not strong strengthen your muscles don't you know stress your joints trying to do the work of muscles so the second goal in regards to everything I'm discussing is movement just getting more movement throughout the day getting more steps in as much as you can, looking to increase your current step count by 20 to 30%, reach a point where you can sustain that and then get to another 20 to 30% increase. And then again, try and sustain that and see what you can get to. If you can get to 8,000 consistently, then great. If you can get to 10,000, amazing. If you can get to 12 and beyond, love that. They have noticed a positive correlation between quality of life and longevity up until the point of getting 16,000 steps. It seems to be a fairly positively linear relationship between quality of life um, and life expectancy longevity up until the point of getting 16,000 steps. And that's a lot of steps. So I really, really encourage you to spend more time standing And naturally, if you're standing, you're more inclined to take a step. You're more inclined to, you know, go from one point of the room to the next. Not many of us stand perfectly still and rigid. You know, a lot of us will naturally shift our weight from one side to the other. So more time standing if you cannot cannot get steps in, but definitely more time spent standing is going to make a huge difference. 
And again, a lot of these devices are great in that they will help you to identify how many hours you spent um, on your feet. So that is a great, great, great one to use as a default or as like a second metric in the event that steps are not so feasible for you. Uh, I do have a live training on how you can incorporate more hours standing and how to incorporate more steps into your day. If you want a copy of that, just comment obviously in the comment section so I can pass it on to you or reach out to me via DMs on Instagram and I'll send it out to you as well. Um, moving on to the third goal. Okay, I want to go back to something I threaded. Isn't that a funny thing to say, threaded? Who was on threads, by the way? I am. I like it. I was a fan of Twitter as well. And I haven't really been back on Twitter since. So what I threaded, I think this was yesterday, was you absolutely cannot hack your way to a better life if you have zero understanding of what's going on in your own mind. And I have to agree with myself. I threaded that. <laughs> Look, you want to do better for yourself. You have to understand what's getting in your way in the first place. What's getting in your way in the first place is you. You are getting in the way of whatever it is that you want. You are stopping yourself from having whatever it is that you want to have. You are the barrier. You are the blockage. If you don't spend time unpacking that and being with yourself and unraveling, unraveling like a ball of yarn. And you, you know what you do with your ball of yarn? You thread. Oh, oh my God, it goes full circle. If you don't spend time unraveling that and unpacking that and connecting the dots between your current internal dialogue and events in the past, the way that you were raised, what someone said to you once 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago, it's near impossible to have breakthroughs. It's near impossible to break into the next income bracket. It's near impossible to lose that 10th kilogram and keep it off for more than two months. It's near impossible to see yourself as a fitness person someone who is fit and healthy, someone who is happy even. I mean, how many of us think of ourselves as being happy and positive and upbeat and contributing to society in a positive way? A lot of us may not see ourselves that way. And that is always going to be the essence of the blockage. It's our internal dialogue. For those who want to build a healthy lifestyle, and that word gets thrown around a lot, for those who want to build a healthy lifestyle, you have to have a mindset that allows you to do that. You have to have a belief system and thought patterns, and I guess a belief system comprises of thought patterns, that supports you in creating that change and continues to support you in creating that change. You have to have enough awareness of the thought patterns which are not serving you and the ability to evolve those internal dialogues and thought patterns over time. Now, again, that all boils down to awareness. If you have no awareness of what these dialogues are and how they came about, then you stand no real chance in shifting those dialogues and thus shifting weight and losing fat, if that's one of your goals, uh, and keeping weight off, which few people know how to do or few people have actually executed on. So it all comes back to awareness having an awareness practice and where I like to begin with people is dedicating 15 one five per, uh, 
I was going to say percent, 15 minutes of your day to building awareness. 15 minutes is 1% of your day, okay? That's not much. And you have to think too that the other 99% of your day is probably spent in a very reactive state, in the state of doing, responding, replying, putting out fires, going from one place to the other, and perhaps not being as mindful, uh, mindful of things, but not mindful, not aware, not connected to oneself, not reflecting, uh, no real internal dialogue uh, or reflection on what is happening there. So I really wanted to highlight that as being the third goal. And these goals are in no particular order. And this is, again, it just depends on the person, what they need the most support with. But usually these are the three that I will help a person to create and build as a habit when they start working with me. Now, some people really need to start with the, the mindset piece because they might have a lot of internal dialogues which are keeping them stuck and preventing them from creating change and getting that traction that they seek. Some people might have a pretty good headspace, but they have little to no awareness about how much protein they need. And their recovery may feel impaired. They might feel sore all the time. They might feel like their body just doesn't show much muscle. They put in a lot of effort in the gym, but they don't see much muscle. And that could be because they're not eating enough protein. And for some people, they might have really low mobility and they might have very tight stiff neck, upper back, shoulders, because they sit for 8, 10, 12, 14 hours a day. They might be on long-haul flights. They may do 2,000 steps a day. They might be very stiff in their upper chest. And for these people, I just want them to walk more throughout the day. Just look for more opportunities to move. In saying that, it's important for you to know that these goals, again, are not in a particular order of importance. I don't share them with you in an order of importance or significance, but I think it's important to have goals in all categories when it comes to health and fitness and nutrition. And I think it's great to have more than this as well. Again, I think it's great to have performance-related goals such as back squatting your body weight and then back squatting 1.5 times your body weight and looking to deadlift 1.5 to 2 times your body weight. Bench pressing, you know, 75% to you know, one time your body weight. Uh, there's so many performance related goals you can set. And that's definitely got a time and a place for a lot of people, myself included. For people who are looking to start, because a lot of people have, they haven't already, a lot of people are about to come back from summer, summer holidays. A lot of people are going to come back to Singapore, from Europe, from the US, maybe not so much from Australia, it's winter there. And they may have put on three, four, five, six kilograms. And that's cool. I like no judgment, no shade. I've been 15 kilos heavy myself. But they might feel a sense of wanting to do something and they might have no real idea of where they should begin. There's so many different places you can start, so many different directions you can take, so many different angles. And there's so much misinformation out there with regards to health and fitness and nutrition and exercise and what have you. So to narrow it down and really simplify what's worth focusing on, because we don't have time for stuff that doesn't work, okay? You don't have time for bullshit. You don't have time for fad diets and endless hours of cardio. So let me help me help you and make it real simple. Protein, when it comes to 
three these three goals you need one for nutrition when it comes to nutrition where i like to start is protein 1.5 grams per kilo of what you weigh every single day irrespective of whether you train or not again as an example if a person is 60 kilograms times 1.5 that's 90 grams of actual protein a day split that across perhaps three main meals one or two snacks i like that approach works with my clients okay Goal number two related to movement, activity, fitness. Again, when people start with me, usually they're in the habit or building the habit of training in the gym three times a week. Outside of that, I want them to get more steps. If your step count is 3,000 a day, try and get it to 3,900, 4,000. When you get it to 4,000, try and get it to 5,500. You know, incrementally try and reach a new high number and make that become your new threshold make that become your new standard that you set for yourself and look how high you get that number I can't tell you if there's a quote-unquote ideal number because again everyone's lifestyle is different some of us travel some of us are on flights for 14 hours a day it's not for me to stipulate exactly what that number should be there's no real quote-unquote magic number what science seems to show at the moment is there's a positive correlation between longevity, quality of life. Um, up until the point of getting to 16, 16,000 steps a day. So that's worth knowing, you know. And those of us who can get 16,000 steps a day, like amazing cheers to you. That's, that's fantastic. Um, some of us have different lifestyles. Some of us are very stationary with work and sedentary with work. And that's also okay. If step count is a challenging metric for you, then I want you to try and increase your hours spent standing. Get a standing desk. Um, you can now get those walking mats that you can put under your standing desk. Try and Just be on your feet because being on your feet isn't going to increase your heart rate by 10 to 20 beats per minute. And that's going to make the heart work harder, which is great because the heart's a muscle that needs to be worked. It's going to improve your circulatory system. Um, and especially for people who travel with the risk of deep vein thrombosis, we want to be mobile and moving that blood around and what have you. So that is a great follow-up metric. If you can't get more steps, spend more time on your feet. How do you know how many hours you spent on your feet? If you have a trackable, a traceable, a wearable, uh, a lot of them will tell you that the Apple Watch does that. I'm not sure which others do. I'm not so familiar, but... I am on my feet about 17 hours a day. So I think that's pretty damn good. And some days, look, honestly, some days I get 8,000 steps, 7,000 steps, but I'm on my feet for 17 hours. And if you're on your feet, naturally, you're going to be moving around more and again, working the heart um, to a greater extent. And then the third goal is work on your headspace, work on your awareness, build your awareness, because what is interfering with you getting the life of your dreams is you. What is interfering with you making progress and keeping that progress is you. It's your internal dialogues and narratives. So how does one do that? The practice can look different for different people. For some people, it's going to be breath work. For some people, it's going to be meditation. For some people, it's going to be journaling. Uh, but usually it's a practice of creating some sense of stillness uh, and so that you can connect with yourself and identify your thoughts and unpack that on a deeper level. I like to aim for 15, one, five, 15 minutes a day as a starting point for my clients. That's 1% of your day. And the 99% of your day is probably going to be in some sort of state of sleeping or reacting, replying to emails, replying to messages, 
answering calls, um, driving from one place to another or being driven from one place to another. When we're in that state of go, 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 react, 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 respond, 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 we're not so mindful and we just default. And when you're defaulting, you're not going to choose new thought patterns. You're not going to choose different behaviors. You're just going to, again, go back to what you usually do. And what you usually do is probably not working for you. So it's really, really critical that you spend that time with yourself and (laughs) confront those thoughts and confront those feelings and unpack them and make an effort to understand why they're there. What was the origin of those thoughts? Was it something that someone said to you decades ago? Was it an interaction you had at work? Was it how you felt in a meeting? Was it a relationship you had with one of your parents? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This stuff can be really complicated, convoluted, multi-layered, multifaceted. That's just people. That's the beauty of people. But in essence, if you want to create change, you first of all have to create change to your thoughts because your behaviors are reflective of your thoughts. And so if you have the same thoughts, you'll behave the same way. You continue to behave the same way. We have the same habits. You have the same habits. You have the same outcome and the same results and if you don't like the results you're getting then if we you know reverse engineer from that and everything I just said the part that really needs to be addressed of course is the six inches between your ears so yeah uh, I hope that helps I hope that's insightful a uh, nice quick one for your Friday morning any questions leave them in the comment section please feel free to reach out to me directly too especially if you're on Instagram um Someone is trying to airdrop me something, which is really interesting. Uh, (laughs) Oh, let me attend to that. I hope to see you in the next live. If you have any suggestions on following topics or subsequent topics you would like for me to cover, I am all ears. I want to talk about what is of interest to you. So make sure you send me your suggestions, please. And if you're in Singapore, please try and stay dry if you can and have an amazing weekend ahead. See you in the next one. Guys, that's it. That's a wrap. That's all we've got time for. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Real Talk with your gal pal. That's me, Laura Rogers. Please be sure to leave us a review. Give us your feedback on what else you would like me to talk about. I always want to deliver content on things that excite you and that are going to benefit you in your health and fitness journey. So do give us a review. Before you forget, I know you're busy. I've got to run off and record another episode. Do check us out on the other social media platforms listed below as well because you might just like what you see or hear there. So, you know, be sure to do that. I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode. And again, please leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. It would mean the absolute world to me. Stay healthy and I'll see you in the next one.